So, are you DTFF? Talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. And welcome back to the show, folks. Uh, we are excited to be here recording again for you all. We are continuing our positional talk about here with the wide receivers this week, calling it wide receiver fever. Co-host Jake, did you like what I did there? Dustin, <laughs> we got a fever, <laughs> and the only prescription is the two of us talking about it or something. I oh, don't I know, but I'm excited. <laughs> oh, thank you for that impersonation there, little Christopher Walken. Usually it comes out at the end of the night, not early in the evening, so that's a special treat. I barely had a sip of drink, <laughs> and it came out. How are you doing tonight, Jake? So good, especially now that I got that out of the way. Uh, I'm I'm always the most excited to talk about wide receivers, personally, because there's just a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of things to talk about with them. So I'm especially amped up for tonight's show. Yeah, there is so much to talk about with the wide receivers, but we will get to that in due time. A uh, little bit of news. I don't know if you saw this, but Kyle Rudolph was cut today or released from the team I shouldn't say cut he was released um so i know we're going to be talking tight ends next week that's what we call a teaser in the industry for all those out there uh it's a biz term. <laughs> it is look at me uh, just off the cuff how do you feel this affects herb smith's for next season top 12 maybe <laughs> but after the first six tight ends it doesn't really matter as mm-hmm. again we're going to get into I, I i've always been a little bit more lukewarm on irv than most people have been mm-hmm. and it's just not it's not a system built to hold three wide receivers or three receivers up and so with kirk there and in that offense like I'm not buying. I'm not going out and sending trade offers for Irv Smith because of this. And I guess if you held on to him, I guess I would try and sell just because I don't think he's going to be a big time guy. Yeah, just like like you said, I think you said it perfectly. With with the way that offense is built, um, it doesn't funnel through the tight end, especially with him being the third option, maybe the fourth option behind Delvin Cook, even. Yeah, it's and, and the volume just isn't there in that offense either. So I'm I'm there with you. While I love his upside, I think he could be great, but with the way the offense is right now, I would I would probably sell high on him if I could. Indeed. Although I am beginning to doubt that anybody's able to sell high on any players anymore with these kind of announcements. Maybe it's just me being too wrapped up in the Twitter bubble, but it just feels like everybody knows this. Everybody gets that inkling as soon as it happens. And mm-hmm. so if everybody's wanting to sell high, there's nobody out there that's wanting to buy at this moment. But I could be wrong. And again, it could be Twitter just getting to mm-hmm. This is very true. So should we get into what we're drinking this week? Dodoy, Dustin. Obviously, Da-doy. that's what I've been waiting to talk about. I want you to start, actually. I want to hear what you're drinking tonight. So I 
was very pleased when I went to the liquor store today to find a beer for tonight's podcast. And they had like a whole selection of Hacienda Beer Company. Uh, they haven't had any for a while, and they must have had about four or five different styles there. So I had to grab one because I love Hacienda. So this is their I've Lost Interest. That's what it's called. It's Are got you a very. Tell me something? No, it's got a. Where, where's the camera? There we go. Whoop. It's the official name. Oh, it reads like a text exchange. Yes. Yes, it does. Uh, and it's just a pale ale. Comes in at 5.3% with Citra and Mosaic hops. Uh, it's very good, very light. Just an easy, very easy drinking beer. I like it. Can, can you remind up. the people where Hacienda is out of? Because it's one of my favorite places. It's out of Green Bay. Um, actually, Bailey's Harbor, Wisconsin. Just north of Green I, Bay. Uh, yes, it's in the vicinity, but yes. in that whole area, that's where I've gone to vacation, and I always enjoyed the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. So if you ever get the chance to go to Bailey's Harbor, I firmly Definitely do so, yeah. Um, if you get around to this neck of the woods, I actually don't know where, where Amherst, Wisconsin is, which is maybe sad, but I know it's where Central Waters is located, which is the beer that I'm drinking. Uh, it's out of Central, uh, excuse me, it's from Central Waters Brewing. It's called Tomorrow River Hells. Now, Dustin, <laughs> I know that a Hells is a lager, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's the extent of my knowledge on this. I'm going to tell you what it tastes like, but then after, could you tell me what it actually is? Because I feel like it, it, it actually tastes like a, a little bit malty. Uh, it's good. But it's almost like multi and has a bite to it somehow. So could you tell me what a Hell's actually is? Yes, I could. So it's a it's a German style beer. Uh, it's very malt accented. So a lot of malty sweetness, body. Um, it's it's just a classic German style beer. So it has the more noble hops, where it has more uh, not not the the dank west coast hops it's more of like a light floral spicy hop flavor to it spicy yes that's what i'm tasting it's got like a yeah like a like a spice kick to it i like it it's not that ferocious i don't know why i did it in that voice that extravagantly it's really not that pungent (laughs) it's actually pretty subtle uh but it is very good i apologize for putting you on the spot by the way i always just you know i don't know anything about beer styles truly and you are the home brewer, so I felt like I had to go to you here. Well, that's fine. There's this thing right in front of me uh, that allows me to access the interwebs. So I just yeah. type in Hella style beer, and it tells me everything I need to know. So that's why did, I sounded so smart. Did you bing it? Did you type that thing in bing? No, fuck bing. <laughs> uh, well, there goes our bing endorsement. I'll say bing, we will be a sponsor. If you want to sponsor us, I will change my tune. But no, that's uh, other than that, now. no, fuck bing. That our that big Bing money is gone now, Dustin. Thanks a lot. The um, only Bing I want to hear is from Needle Nose Ned uh, in Groundhog's Day. Oh, that you're going to say Chandler? Well, that that oh. Bing too. Okay, so uh, multiple Bings that we're enthusiastic yeah. about. None of them search engine wise, though. No. All right, it's fine. So we can move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to move on to our favorite segment? Yes, let's do it. It's time for the. Drunk trade of the week. I cut that out a little early. I'm still learning it. Sorry. I Uh, feel like you just wanted to really say drunk trade of the week. You didn't want the guy on the video to say drunk trade of the week. 
Well, I say I drunk like trade of the week all the time. So you yeah. wanted to take back the power. That's right. It's <laughs> a power move. <laughs> but this week's drunk trade of the week, I actually whited this out on the show sheet here, Dustin, because I wanted to surprise you a little bit. Oh, uh, I was wondering. He, there was nothing on there, and I'm like, did he just not put it yeah. on there? What's going on oh, here? Oh, no. oh no, I, I did a little. Oh, so it's a surprise. I did a little tee hee hee. I changed the text color so it faded into the background. Uh, but this week's comes from at Dynasty Peasant on Twitter. Here we go, Dustin. Okay. Prepare yourself. Be ready for this. Well, I'm ready. Two days before week one of the 2020 season, I decided I needed to upgrade running back. This is a two quarterback league, assuming Dynasty. Because mm-hmm. of the, the Twitter handle name, at mm-hmm. Dynasty Peasant, I would be shocked if this was redraft. Two QB league, though, I traded Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Raheem Mostert for Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., and Joe Mixon. <laughs> what do you think about this? Try not to let my visceral reaction sway your opinion there. I uh, hate it. Hate it, yeah. hate it, hate it. That's a yeah. bad, that's a very drunk trade. Uh, I mean, Russ is why he wasn't cooking the entire season. Um, he still had a very good season under his belt. DK is a young stud. You don't want to get rid of him. Even if for whatever reason with the Russell Wilson rumors here that he could leave the team, he's still a young stud wide receiver. And Raheem Mostert... We saw what he did when he was healthy, uh, much better than Joe Mixon, in my opinion. And we both know that uh, we're Joe Mixon uh, not truthers. For, Anti-truthers. Yes. I, I'm trying to be polite about it here. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, and then Baker, Odell, Joe Mixon. I mean, Baker's fine for a second quarterback, uh, but getting rid of a number one quarterback. And Odell, we haven't seen him do much in the le- since he left New York. He's hate to say it, kind of injury prone. Seems like every year he's injured with something. Uh, I know. And I I really like Odell and I think he's a good buy low candidate right now, but in in the aspect of this trade, that is not great value. So, I mean, obviously you're, you're shooting for upgrade at running back and you did the opposite because I think without looking that Mostert had a better season than uh, Joe Mixon. so Well, Mixon only played basically five games mm-hmm. and then got injured. Five full games, I should say. So as far as the upgrade there, even in those five games, you know, Mixon had that one blow-up game. And so you yeah. got to be happy with that one blow-up game. Yeah, he had the one game that he helped you. Mm-hmm. 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 And then the rest of it, you had nothing. I mean, Baker at the very end, we talked about in our quarterback episode, did come on towards the end of the season perhaps coincidentally once Odell got hurt Mm -hmm. where he really turned up the juice. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, by default, then you basically got two halves of a good season for two players there. And then like a fourth of a season at best from Mixon is bad. We don't have to rub in. I don't think how bad this is. What I do want to call attention to here though, is I think to a certain extent, you know, the people that we're talking about on the losing end of that trade. So Mm -hmm. the pair of Baker and Odell Mixon, they're all kind of maybe could be by low candidates. I don't really think Mixon is, but some people do. But it, Odell and Baker, I both think are. You know what? If his price was low enough, I would buy him. Sure. I but mean, what would that have to look like for you? What kind of price are we talking about? I, I've got him in the lower 
lower RB2 range, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give a second-round pick for him, a mid-second. Sure. You're uh, not getting Mixon away from a Mixon truther because no. everybody who has Mixon right now is a truther. Mm-hmm. There's no way you'll get him for a second-round pick, but I agree that's probably nearing the extent of my want <laughs> to get him. Oh, mm-hmm. this is just yeah. Crazy. So, Dynasty Peasant, I am sorry. This was a really bad trade. I you hope it... it was bad. I didn't include the little crying emoji mm-hmm. that was sent with the tweet. <laughs> he knows it was bad. Uh, yeah, Not as good as last week's. Not nearly as even as last week's, I should say. At this point, that 103 for J.K. Dobbins looks like a godsend of a trade. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think we need to belabor this any more than we already have. No, especially because we get to go to my new favorite segment, at least for this week, <laughs> which is our beer bet payout, Dustin. Before we do that, I wanted to uh, uh, ask you a question. You wanted Re- to delay the inevitable? Go ahead. I, I do. Uh, regarding the talent, Mr. Unlimited, uh, lots of trade rumors going around for him. It's, I think it sounds like it's going to be – it's essentially a done deal at this point. It's just a matter of which team – gives the right package for him. I I think he's going to be out of Seattle. Now, one of the teams that he's been highly connected to at this point and says he would play for is the Bears. As a Packer fan, how would you feel about Russ coming into the division? Look, I say a lot (laughs) about Russell Wilson, and I kind of hate Russell Wilson a lot of the times, not from a fantasy perspective, but just Russell Wilson as an athlete, as a competitor, I kind of hate him a lot. Uh, I don't want to see him in division. Mm -hmm. I don't want us to have to play him twice a year because I don't want the Bears to get the upgrade. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's zero bones about it. Yes, I can talk trash about his talent, uh, but he is he's like a five times over upgrade over whatever quarterback they would be dealing with now, whether it's Trubisky or Foles or Alex Smith, I also heard was potentially tied mm-hmm. to the Bears, whatever. To give me any one of those three. I don't want Aaron to have to, not that he plays Russell, but I don't want to have to see that go down twice in a year. Yeah, me either. I think if I was the Bears, I would really try to make that happen. Uh, just just for real NFL, for their team trying to win games. I mean, they snuck into the playoffs this year with the garbage quarterback play they had there. And if Russell comes there, I could see maybe Allen Robinson sticking around then because uh, it's an instant upgrade there at the quarterback position, someone that's accurate and can get you the ball. Um, so I think it would be a really smart move for the Bears. But as a Packer fan, I hope it doesn't happen because I don't want to have to face him twice a year because he is a Packer killer. Uh, we have not had not good lately. experiences. Last few uh, games, it has been decidedly Green Bay over Seattle for the most part. But I historically, s- yeah, I still, it still just... gives you the – even though I know that, every time that that game happens ahead of time when it's Green Bay versus Seattle, I mm-hmm. still get extra nervous. Absolutely. It's just, yeah, it's, it's good. Now, it would be a fantasy upgrade for Russell himself, wouldn't it? I mean, getting out of any system that's different than Seattle at this point has to feel pretty good. I would think so. I- Again, though, if Allen Robinson doesn't stick around, you you would have to see who they bring in or draft because then sure. it's Anthony Miller who can't stay healthy, Darnell Mooney who flashed, but I don't know that he's a alpha wide receiver one type of wide receiver, and mm-hmm. then Cole Komet, yeah, he flashed, he's going to be good. You have Tariq Cohen. 
probably coming back, or I think he's still under contract for them. So, uh, he so he's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. They can draft somebody. You know, at that point, they could, uh, you know, shift their draft strategy, mm-hmm. maybe even go for an upper tier guy. Or, you know, it would become a hot spot for other free agent wide receivers, right. too. Maybe not the big, you know, maybe they couldn't afford the big names, but they might be able mm-hmm. to bring in a Curtis Samuel-ish. Yeah, they would, they would need to bring in one or two more wide receivers. Like you said, maybe Curtis Samuel level to, to round out the receiving core. Corey Davis, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. would actually look somewhat tantalizing. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, so I think it could have a lot of fantasy impact if that happens. Uh, but as a Packer fan, I don't want it to happen. <laughs> Selfishly. Agreed. We're in agreement. Selfishly. <laughs> All right, so I think we've put off this uh, beer bet payout long enough here. So uh, I am paying off beer bet this week. Um, I am doing good old fireball. I'm w- I was waiting for Pitbull to come into my room like the Kool-Aid man there, just shouting... <laughs> Fireball. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I can, actually, I don't think I can do any more. We don't have the rights for that. Song. Yeah, that's true. We don't want to get sued. Uh, so I made the bet with you that Nelson Aguilar, you said Nelson Aguilar would be the wide receiver 47 or higher at the end of the season. Now, this was taking place about mid-season-ish where um, – he was outside of wide receiver 47, or he's hovering right around there. So that's why we made the bet. And he had just had a couple of really good games, and we were debating whether or not this was going to continue or not. And I said, no, this is not going to continue. We've, we've seen this before out of him. But for some reason, he learned how to not be a T-Rex and extend his arms and catch the ball uh, and ended up as the wide receiver 34 on a season. So a very respectable season out of him. So really was. Um, unfortunately for me, I have to do a shot. So, Jake, here you go. You are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Yes. Cheers. Down the hatch, sir. How about that spice? Eh. Tastes like regret. (laughs) You know what? We'll pay for the rights just for that. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, while you recover from that, and before we dive headlong into the wide receivers, Mm -hmm. it's that time to just remind folks that this week's episode of Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football is brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight. Go over to monkeyknifefight.com. Sign up. You get matched up to $50 with your initial deposit. If you use promo code DTFF, that is free money. You can put it towards any of the games that they have. They have all the sports. I know it's not football, but you can still use it, and it's fantastic. So go over to monkeyknifefight.com, promo code DTFF. All right. Thank you, Jake. So we are going to pivot now to our wide receiver talk. Same thing we've been doing the last couple weeks here. I'll start off by just giving us our top 12 wide receivers on the season. Uh, Pulled the data from fantasydata.com, so go check them out. Uh, They are not a sponsor, but they are just a wealth of information on that site. So go check them out. Uh, 1 through 12. So we had Devontae Adams, uh, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Kelvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen, Mike Evans, and tied for 12, we had Bobby Trees and Keenan Allen. 
Yeah. What What are your big surprises in that top 12 from this last season? Honestly, the surprises for me are few and far between here. You know, the order of the top guys is what it is. I sadly did not have Devontae as my number one. I had him unequivocally in my top three, but I didn't see him dominating as much as he did. So that was a little bit of a surprise. Mm -hmm. And he did Um, it in 14 games. 14 games. That's wild. Really the only one that stands out for me. Uh, it's Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. I did not see Stefan Diggs at number three having this kind of relevance on a new team. I always talk about wide receivers that go to new teams. They're more likely to drop down from their previous finish than they are to rise up from it. He made me look like a goddamn idiot in Buffalo. That's a match made in heaven. Josh mm-hmm. Allen, Stefan Diggs. Just fucking incredible because I I didn't see it coming, but now I can't imagine a world without it. Mm -hmm. And Stefan Diggs all of a sudden becomes locked in top five for Dynasty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I was was looking at that one too. I think a lot of us out here in the Twitterverse were fading Stefan Diggs with that move to Buffalo, even though we knew he was going to be the one there, just with Josh Allen's accuracy issues we had seen and just the style of offense they'd typically run there in Buffalo. Uh, it just didn't seem like he was going to have the volume to sustain a wide receiver one. I think I had him like mid wide receiver two range. Uh, so that was a big surprise. And the other one, which I think is everyone's surprise, was Justin Jefferson coming in at number six. Uh, he had a fantasy season. Uh, for the ages, for rookies, like all-time great rookie breakout campaign, and God, you just gotta love what that kid did. I mean, it was impressive. Like he just made it look effortless. So it's gonna be, well, again, playing for the Vikings as a Packer fan, it's it's hard to root for someone like that. But at the same time, God, he was fun to watch, and it's gonna be fun watching him uh, twice a year up close and personal uh, when they play the Packers. Very true. Uh, The one thing that I wonder about that, because his teammate, Adam Thielen, is sitting at number 10, which Mm -hmm. is actually very surprising to me. Adam Thielen was not super exciting, Mm -hmm. but based on him just kind of being mostly available uh, and kind of front-loading his season with some some quality stats, Mm -hmm. uh, he got in here. His second half of the season was not good. He had... Uh, five games in single digits on the back half of the season. Uh, that's that's disappointing, of course, for folks. And if that trend continues, it happened to coincide with Justin Jefferson really breaking out. Mm-hmm. So Justin Jefferson, to me, it's not a 1A and 1B situation anymore. It's Justin Jefferson is the one there, and Thielen is a distant two. I don't know if I can count on Adam Thielen to be anywhere close to this next year. Yeah, I would be surprised. Um, I'm just trying to go pull up my uh, early offseason rankings here if I was more prepared as a host (laughs) for the show. I would have had that pulled up, and hopefully I am uh, drawing out uh, enough time here that it loads properly and we can discuss. (laughs) You're you're crushing it so far. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The dawdles, as we're going to call them here, you've really ramped it up. So I appreciate that about you. (laughs) 
Well, I, I'll tell you just to buffer a little bit more. I it's not. I may not have him in my top twelve. I I won't have him anywhere near my top twelve. I actually have compared him to Tyler Lockett quite a bit. Uh, but Lockett had a lot more blow-up games for you, so he mm-hmm. actually truly won you games, whereas Thielen, yeah, he did solid for the first half of the season, and then he just disappeared. I would much rather take the stake in somebody who has the higher-up shot mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to Thielen. Thielen, yeah, maybe wide receiver 20-ish would be for me. Yeah, I might have him a little low. Uh, I've got him right now at wide receiver 29. Mm, sure. But, the, you know, and, and as we kind of go through this list and talk about a bunch of players, there's so many good wide receivers right now. Like, the league is just loaded with talent pretty much across the board, uh, all positions, quarterback, running back. I mean, we talked about it last week with running backs and uh, wide receivers. There's so much good young talent right now that it's just you're, you're splitting hairs when you're trying to figure out where you're ranking them and, and how you think they're going to finish. Uh, and until I actually stat out the actual, you know, full team projections, um, I may have them a little low, but I don't think it's that low though, either. Just like you said, with the way he kind of fell off towards the second half of the season, Justin Jefferson's emergence. And like, we just were talking about with the, um, the the oh my god i can't think <laughs> did the fireball get you did it just take you uh, under did it fully pull you into its grasp now Dustin? it did apparently no as we were talking about with the volume there on that offense uh talking about irv smith there it is i got it uh talking about Boom. irv smith uh just with the volume in that offense, it's it's hard to sustain two number or top 12 wide receivers and i just don't think they have it yeah, I could see him very much having a Cooper Cup-esque season next mm-hmm. year where the anticipation is both these guys are going to finish very highly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and everybody's saying, well, just draft whoever is cheapest, you know, because they're both going to uh, have those weeks. And, that, and then you're going to be disappointed. And I think it's definitely going to be Thielen who disappoints you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would, you know, preemptively here, one of the things that we're going to talk about, of course, is kind of a who's in, who's out for that top 12. He's immediately the first name on this list. Where I go, he's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And he's one that I have him in one of my dynasty leagues. And I will probably try to flip him early in the season after he has one of those big blow-up games or maybe a couple of them in a row and try to sell him at that point. Because he is going to be 30, I believe, this season. So he's not young anymore. But he's also the type of player that can produce at – a wide receiver two, three level for a number of years yet. Cause he takes those shorter routes and more of a technician than the, he's never been the go deep down the field type guy, just running nines. Yeah. I feel like outside of one season where he was kind of used that way. And I don't know why I remember it was a couple years ago when Diggs was still there. And for some reason he seemed to be catching a lot of deep passes. And I just mm-hmm. remember thinking, why? Why are you doing this? But that's obviously shown not to be true mm-hmm. season over season. Yeah, him and speaking, because I did bring up Lockett as a comparison there. Mm-hmm. So Lockett finished as wide receiver eight, which seems high to most people because they're always talking about how many disappointing games he had. And he did have a lot. I which mean, as a Lockett had, owner in SFB, um, yeah, he disappointed yeah. me a lot. <laughs> sure. He had seven games in single digits. That's rough. That's mm-hmm. very rough to overcome. You were very happy when he got you those 40, 50-plus point mm-hmm. games uh, the couple of times that that happened. 
But, you know, it's it's almost more of like a Marvin Jones situation at this point. Um, and I'll be curious to see where his ADP goes because it is going to have to be much more reasonable than even this last year. Actually, I shouldn't say that because this last year he was going wide receiver 22 for his ADP, which I think is about where I would want him this year. Mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I think that's really fair value for him. It'll be interesting to see as the offseason goes on here how that fluctuates, especially after the draft, because I've seen a couple mock drafts where they the Vikings are going to take another wide receiver, which I don't know why. Uh, I suppose they really don't have anyone outside of their top two guys. But if they bring in a high draft capital wide receiver on their team, I mean, Thielen could get pushed down to that number three on that roster. It was that mm. due to his first fantasy value. It's I don't know that I would I don't see know. that happening though. That would be it would be very strange to me if they used a high value pick on a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Not to say that a day two or three guy couldn't still come in and kind of give him hell. Um, you never know. But but what about can I ask you one name that really sticks out, and not just because I want to pat myself on the back. <laughs> Because uh, I was very, very high on Robert Woods coming into this season. Mm-hmm. He was a, a my guy. He was a, a drinking buddy of mine. But with Stafford there now, what do you think about Woods? Oh, it's wheels up, baby. I think it's wheels up for that entire offense. Uh, I I don't know why. I don't I don't feel like Goff was ever let off the leash, and and I don't know why that is. But I feel like L.A. made this trade for multiple reasons. And one is they want a guy that they can trust to throw the ball downfield more. Not saying it's just going to be the run and gun, uh, you know, greatest show on turf like we saw from the Rams in the 90s. But I I, I think you're going to see uh, a bigger offensive output for this team this year. Uh more of like what we saw a few years ago with that that offense. So uh, wheels up for him. I've actually got him just outside my top 12 at number 13. So I could easily um, pop him back into the top 12. Uh, I've got him right where he basically finished this year. So uh, I will take him, you know, I'm assuming he's probably being drafted as probably right around wide receiver 20 16 again. I was gonna say 16 17 right around there yeah. um which I would take that value all day for him oh god yes god yes I want it again I need it again uh, and I think that he's gonna be a perpetual like even keel trade project mm-hmm. I, I don't know that is even with this news I don't feel like his value has inflated a lot I think that's just mm-hmm. that perpetual under uh evaluation of mm-hmm. Robert Woods that people have every year. So yeah, he's That's not a, for him. I mean he doesn't make a ton of big splash plays. He's not a sexy player. I, I mean that as his football style, not as a human being. I'm sure he's very sexy as a human being. Human being, he is just wildly sexy. But yeah, I'm he's just kind sure. of a pedestrian. He just shows up, catches balls, catches touchdowns scores points for you. That's all he does year in and year out. And he's a I feel like he could be a guy that's going to end up playing well past that that wide receiver cliff age and just continue to produce and one of those guys that'll end up sliding into the slot as he gets closer to a uh, retirement age and and just keep producing and and being a great value for your dynasty squad. Fully agree. Fully agree. 
Okay, so I went through the top twelve. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, who sneaks in and who's who's out. <sighs> I hate this because wide receivers there are always like thirty guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're all top twelve. Well, when you look at the, the top thirty six here, it's like there are so many names on here, and that's not including wide receivers that were injured. Or underproduced, or yeah, or incoming rookies. So, I mean, there's when you look at the list, it's really hard to parse out who's going to end up in the top twelve. Uh, yes. Just, just let me. Th- I'll throw some names out here for you of guys sure. that uh, I think could end up in the top twelve or have in the past, and we'll see if you think they could end up there this next season. I love it. All right, we'll start with. We'll just be right outside the top twelve. AJ Brown. Sure. He always can. I'm done betting against his talent. Mm-hmm. As I've said, ad nauseum now. I floundered. I failed last season trying to evaluate A.J. Brown for fantasy. Yes, he could absolutely mm-hmm. sneak in. Amari Cooper? No. I want to say no He's... because that's always my reaction to Amari Cooper. But, you know, if Michael Gallup moves on there somehow... Um, and it is just CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. and Dak Prescott does go back, which, to be That's fair, the big thing. is not a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. anymore, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I, I think a couple of weeks ago, it, the anticipation was, yes, Dak is absolutely going back. It's a 98% chance, but I've always said, Jerry Jones, you cannot trust Jerry Jones. And so far, the fact that they haven't made that deal, and Dak is now looking for Mahomes-type money, mm-hmm. not his exact money, but he's looking for that type of contract. I don't know, but if he does, and Dax there with Amari, sure he could slide into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just saw a tweet right before we uh, got on here that Dak's been in Dallas rehabbing at the facility, and they've been having talks with Stephen Jones and management. Nothing that's progressed, but they've been apparently "quote unquote" good talks. Okay, well that's something. So I don't know what that means, but he is there. He is. You know, putting in the work, so maybe something will happen. But until pen is to paper, nothing's for sure. So, um, looking down the list, what about Terry McLaurin? Came in at wide receiver twenty this last year. Terry McLaurin is so tough because his quarterback situation, of course, was dire. Um, nothing against Alex Smith, who is a wonderful person and deserves every bit of that comeback Player mm-hmm. of the Year award. Um, for even being able to get back onto the field. But between him and, of course, Kyle Allen and the brief stint of Dwayne Haskins and and Henneke, uh, it, it's bad. The quarterback play was bad, and he still found his way uh, into relevance and top 20 production, which is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. you know. But there really aren't many options there outside of him, the tight end Logan Thomas, and Antonio Gibson slash J.D. McKissick. Uh, who is a target hog. So he's going to need an upgrade. If he gets Deshaun Watson, which I I don't know that this can happen. I would kind of love to see it for a fantasy perspective Mm -hmm. to see Deshaun Watson get traded to Washington because then Terry McLaurin has every bit of like a top 10 lock. Absolutely. But without him, I don't know. I have to see what the quarterback situation looks like, which is a cop-out. All right. What about, again, this player, a little bit of a quarterback question mark is DJ Moore. Everybody loves him. He's a dynasty top 12 wide receiver. 
what do you think? And I know we're looking more redraft than than dynasty, but could he finish top twelve next year? I, I'm kind of done predicting DJ Moore as a top twelve guy. I think he's a very talented guy, but I think he's going to be one of those more hype than value players mm-hmm. for for quite a while here. Um, I don't know that the quarterback issue was really an issue for him. I think that that was the perception, but Teddy Bridgewater was actually a very capable quarterback. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel finished highly. Robbie Anderson finished highly. They were both inside the top 24. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he spread the ball around a lot. I don't know if that was a product of the offense itself or the quarterback himself, but you know, if those guys all stick around, Curtis Samuel will probably leave. And that probably allows DJ Moore to get inside, you know, top 20 territory. But mm-hmm. I can't see him in top 12. Okay. I tend to agree with you there. Yeah. Well, we'll do a few more here. Um, Chris Godwin had all the hype going into last season, rightfully so, after the season he had in 2019. Dealt with injuries all season long. Missed four games. Even when he was back, though, he wasn't 100%. He come back full health. He is a free agent, although mm-hmm. I feel like the Bucks are going to resign him. Uh, he just won a Super Bowl. I think they are going to go all in again for the next season or two uh, until Tom Brady retires to see if they can't get a couple more rings. Um, so I feel like he's going to return to Tampa Bay. Do you think he returns to the top 12 with TB12? Uh, top 12 with TB12. I don't know. And yeah, to your point, I think Godwin very well could stick around. He's, he's already said a couple of things that make it sound like Mm -hmm. he's opening that door pretty wide for them to, uh, to resign him. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, he only played 12 games this year. So to, to finish at wide receiver 31, of course, overall, but on a points per game basis, he was still very close to that top 20, uh, or was inside that top 20 range. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It was, yes, it's Tom Brady, but it is still still the first year of an offense, which actually makes it very terrifying for what that offense could look like next year once things get a little bit more acclimated. I think the big question for me is whether Antonio Brown sticks there or not. Mm-hmm. You know, if he, if he doesn't, then Godwin's got an outside chance. I don't know that I'd predict it, but I could see it. So out of, say, Brown does not return. And it's Godwin and Evans. Who would you pick to finish in the top 12? Or would it be both of them? It it would still be Mike Evans for me. Um, Mike Evans, based on touchdown upside alone, I think just gives him more more chance to do that. And he also had a weird season himself Mm -hmm. last year. There were games where he fully disappeared. Oh, yeah. And it seems like it took him longer to gel with Tom Brady Mm -hmm. than maybe a lot of the rest of the crew. But once he gelled... It was all wheels up. I mean, all all he did was have another thousand yard receiving season. I mean, first person in NFL history to do it the first six seasons of his career. Yeah. So, I mean, all he does is get a thousand yards every season with that double digit touchdown upside on top of it almost every single year. Yeah. And to be fair, I could see both Evans and Godwin finishing very closely together outside of the top 12s Mm -hmm. together. Like they could both cap each other's upside a little bit. Um, And again, depending, I don't know, Scotty Miller is still there. And of course, everybody's favorite, uh, Wonderkin Tyler Johnson Mm -hmm. rookie is there. And he might be more of a shot too, even if Antonio Brown's leave. 
Tom Brady rarely has hyper-targeted a wide receiver in his career outside of like the old Randy Moss a uh, couple of years. Mm-hmm. And of course, Julian Edelman when he was there. But that was almost more due to a lack of weapons. So I think I see him spreading it out. Mm-hmm. All right. A couple more here we'll just touch on briefly. Julio Jones was mm. injured this season, played nine games, uh, was a decoy, I feel like, in half of those games, uh, <laughs> finished as wide receiver 52. When he did play, he averaged 16.2 points per game, which would have put him in that upper wide receiver two category, borderline wide receiver one, had he played the entire season. So what are your thoughts with Julio? Julio is always a player that's going to die on most people's dynasty rosters at this point. But what you should be excited about if you have him, especially in dynasty, is that I think this year there's there's every indication that he's going to return to a top 12 kind of guy, or at the very least a fringe top 12 guy. Like his play did not decline. It was just the damn injuries. And he's mm-hmm. always dealt with injuries but he's played through them typically in every season, but he's mm-hmm. always dealt with injuries. It was just a shock this year to finally see him not play through it. I think people aren't used to that, but you know, supposing that he can stay mostly healthy, I'm fully banking on him being right near the top 12. Okay. And then one last one here, and then we'll move on. Michael Thomas finished as wide receiver 93 on the season, averaging 12 points per game, only played in seven games. Yeah. I know there's a lot right. of lot of questions with that offense. Who's going to be throwing the ball? Where do you, where do you see him finishing? I don't want to give in to recency bias, Dustin. I don't want to give in to recency bias, but it's hard. It's really hard because he just didn't look the same. Obviously, even when he played, he was still struggling with injuries. So it's mm-hmm. really tough to evaluate him with or without Taysom Hill or whoever the damn quarterback is. I don't know, man. I don't know. He's always been a product of volume, and the volume's been great. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I don't see them adding an extravagant amount of weapons of wide receivers or anything to that team. Jared Cook should be gone. Alvin Kamara, of course, is going to remain there as the other target hog. He should get his, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that alone enough for a top 12 finish anymore? It's tough, especially if the touchdowns aren't there, because if he gets vultured on touchdowns from Taysom Hill himself, you know, if he starts rushing in more touchdowns, ugh, it's going to be icky. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know with Michael Thomas. I truly don't. Yeah, I've got him on the borderline um, number one wide receiver in the top 12. So I, I think he can still do it. Um, I I personally think Jameis is going to be the quarterback of that team. Uh, and, and I think... I heard a theory, and it and it, I think it holds water, is that um, Sean Payton deliberately um, game planned for Taysom Hill, knowing that it would depress Jameis's value as a free agent, uh, so they could re-sign him cheap more cheaply uh, this season. Uh, I don't hate it. I know it's far fetched, but I don't hate it because we've seen Jameis throw up big numbers. He yolos mm-hmm. the ball. He got sure. the eye surgery. So he, in theory, should be able to see which uh, team he's throwing to now. Uh, And and having a super talented wide receiver like Michael Thomas, uh, who basically catches everything with in his 
radius. I, I, I see him. I see him finishing as a top right, right inside that top 12 for next season. If Jameis does get the starting job, are you worried at all about Jameis's tendencies to go more downfield than Drew Brees would have? Because Michael Thomas, I don't know that we've ever seen him be a downfield guy. I don't know if that's because of Drew Brees mm-hmm. or if it's just the style of play that he's locked into. Yeah, I don't know. It's that would be my be only. I don't know. That theory about Jameis Winston is so funny because it very well could be true. But it would take a lot of balls as a head coach to be like, you know what? We're right in the thick of the playoff hunt mm-hmm. and going to a Super Bowl. But rather than really truly focus on who gives us the best chance to win this year, let's fuck with everybody for next year. Mm-hmm. I know. It's far-fetched, but I like. I kind of like to think it just because, uh, I don't know. I, I just I just feel like that's something he could have done. And it, it always bothered me that they played Taysom Hill over Jameis last year. I was like, I just... Taysom's more of a gadget guy. Uh, he when he comes in, he does what he does really well. I just don't see him as a starting quarterback in the league. Agreed. So it, it always bothered me that that he got that playing time over Jameis. So uh, maybe after a year sitting on the bench, he learns the offense that much better and 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 comes out and, and lights up the the NFL. It'd be nice. I would be rooting for that. Okay, so do you want to talk some of these wide receiver free agents here? Yeah, I really do. (laughs) Because this year's free agency, it's going to be so goddamn nutty Um, still. But I haven't even, you know, we haven't seen movement from anybody outside of a couple of quarterbacks. So I feel like it's all going to, it's going to start rolling very quickly Mm -hmm. and it's not going to stop. Well, free agency opens in a couple weeks here. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be wild. So I'll just start going through some more of the intriguing names here. And and maybe we'll give our, our preferred landing spots and if we think they're going to be fantasy relevant or not. So first one on the list here, and this is from Spotrack, and it's just based on the 2020 average salary. So it's going from the guys that were earning the most down the least. So number one on the list was A.J. Green. Uh, he's 33 years old. No, you're out. Doesn't no, matter done, where he goes. I'm done. I'm fully done with AJ Green. Never yes. again, AJ. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not actually, but no, I I, I agree with you. I think he's going to do well somewhere for real football, NFL for a team, but for fantasy, yeah, I'm I'm out on him. I don't see him doing much of anything. Uh, next on the list here is Allen Robinson. I think he's probably the star of the free agent class here. Yeah. I mean, he is he's a stud. He he is a true number 1 wide receiver. I hope he goes somewhere with a really good quarterback, uh, just because we haven't seen that in his career ever and we've still seen him produce wide receiver one numbers basically every single year. Yeah, what he's been able to do with ineffective quarterback play is Pretty wild, and I feel like such an ass. I remember after his injury year, and then, uh, you know, he came back, and, of course, he looked as he would after a bad injury, and he, and he didn't look great. And I was like, ah, there's Allen Robinson. He's done. He's not coming back into that top 15 guy. Mm-hmm. And then he goddamn did. Yeah, if he goes – my my favorite landing spot for Allen Robinson, 
I don't think will ever happen, but I would love to see him get a chance to go over with the Cardinals so that him and DeAndre Hopkins, who also struggled so much with bad quarterback play in his career, get to join up with Kyler. And that offense is already insane, but to add somebody like Allen Robinson would be wild. Mm-hmm. Never happened, but I, a guy can dream. It, you you can definitely dream. Yeah, I think pretty much anywhere he goes, aside from the teams that have that alpha number one already locked in on their team, he, he immediately is the number one option. And I think he's going to finish in the top 12 no matter where he lands, to be honest. I think he's that good. Yeah, and he, he wants to play with a contender. Mm-hmm. And so that does rule out a lot of teams where he would be the default alpha, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, you know, he's not going to go to a Raiders team where that could easily be him. He's not going to go to New England <laughs> where he would by default slot in there. So it's mm-hmm. tough to find a landing spot where, you know, they're legitimate contenders, but he's he's going to be the sort of head honcho. I don't know that that exists, really. Um, is there anybody that you found where you can kind of match that up? Because for me, maybe the Colts of T.Y. Hilton uh, you know, and them part ways, mm-hmm. he could go there. And and they are very much a playoff contender. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I don't blame him for wanting to go to a contender, obviously, uh, with the garbage teams he's played on. Although I could see him, a good fit might be like the Dolphins. They could use a number one wide receiver there. I don't think Devontae Parker is the answer. As much as I love Preston Williams, he's not the answer. Maybe going back to the Jags, oh, possibly. We, I couldn't see him doing it. No way. There's no. Oh God, poor guy. Keep him out of Jacksonville. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe the Giants. I mean, they could use a, a good number one. I'm not saying good for fantasy. I'm just saying good fits for him. Maybe the Jets. Yeah, that's the I mean, thing. There, when teams, you think about all the best fantasy teams, it's yeah. all of the worst teams mm-hmm. because you're looking at volume play. Like he's going to get the volume if he goes here because you know they suck. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Unless he's willing to take a discount and he feels like he's earned enough money so far in his career that he can maybe take a little bit more of a discount to go play with a contender just to try to win some rings. Maybe sure. it remains to be seen. Um, I, you brought him up a minute ago, but what about T.Y. Hilton? He's 32. Do you see any fantasy use for him? He did come he, on strong in the end of the season this last year. so He does that for a couple of games every year. Basically, since his 30th, he's kind of done that where he's shown up a couple of games. And to be fair, sometimes it's just because he gets hurt, you know, and that's tough. Mm-hmm. He has some juice left, probably. Like, I'm not completely writing him off like I am A.J. Green because you at least saw a little spark there. But, you know, if it... God. (laughs) If a team (laughs) like the Browns needs another guy like that there, I don't think they do. But if if they decided they want him there or, or the Raiders would actually be a reasonable spot for him to go... Um, cause they're not overflow with, with quality wide mm-hmm. receiving options there. And if they want a solid crafty veteran, then I'd be willing to give him a look, of course, at the right price for redraft. So I'm not writing him off, but I'm skeptical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same here. It's, he's always, it seems like every year he's injured. He's, he's another one of those guys that gets dinged up and plays through it, but 
doesn't produce for you. And it's, it's, I'm out on him just cause it's so frustrating. That's um, fair. here's one we love to hate on Sammy Watkins. <laughs> Fuck Sammy Watkins. I'm so sorry. I'm tired right. of talking about Sammy. All Watkins. right. Marvin Jones. How about him? He's, he produced very well. Yes. Free agent. Yeah. Uh, do you think he re-signs with Detroit? I don't. Okay. I don't see him going back to Detroit. I'd actually be shocked if he went back there. I think Sammy Watkins... God damn it. Now you have Sammy Watkins <laughs> on my brain. Why is the lizard man on my brain, Dustin? Um, Marvin Jones, though. I think there's actually some very interesting landing spots for Marvin Jones that I'd be excited about. So I know I've said the Raiders a lot, but if he mm-hmm. went to the Raiders just because of the deep uh, passer that Derek Carr is... Supposing that they stick with Derek Carr, mm-hmm. um, you know, he the one thing that he really excels at is as a deep passer. And that's Marvin Jones bag. So if he goes there, that's that's pretty cool. I could also mm-hmm. see him going to the Dolphins very easily. I think that would be a tremendous fit. He could go join uh, Golden Tate over in New York, mm-hmm. too. He could play for the Giants. And and I also love that. So he actually has a pretty good chunk of landing spots where I think makes sense from a team cap perspective and from a fantasy perspective. So, yeah, I, I'm going to be basically keeping my eye on him because people don't don't know that he finished well this mm-hmm. year because it didn't feel like it. He was wide receiver 18, mm-hmm. for God's sakes. Um, yeah, there was booms and there was bust built into that, but if you put him in any situation where he's at least going to get some volume, I'm interested in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. He's he's another one of those guys that is perpetually underrated. Now, he's not ever going to be that wide receiver one for you, but he is going to be a solid wide receiver two, three uh, every single week for you. And he has those boom number one weeks in him as well. Yeah. All right. How about Corey Davis? <sighs> he had God. kind of the mini breakout this last season, uh, performed very well after – a lot of people, including myself, had kind of written him off. Uh, but I know we've talked about him kind of ad nauseum about he's maybe just a wide receiver too and had mm-hmm. too many um, expectations placed on him being drafted so high from the Titans. So maybe he's found his groove now. He's only 26 years old. So what do you think about Corey Davis? Yeah, we. yes, we've given him a lot of shit. Some of it probably undue. Some of it, I think, though, very do. But but I will say there's a couple of spots where I think is is likely for Corey Davis because he is a number two guy. I don't think he's that alpha number mm-hmm. one receiver, whatever you want to call it. I saw some reports, though, the Jaguars are definitely looking to expand their wide receiving core. Hmm. And I think Corey Davis makes a lot of sense in Jacksonville. Um, what's tricky is that they don't have a true number one unless you think LaVisca Chenault is going to be that guy. You don't think DJ do. Chark is? No, sadly. sad it, it, Because I don't think they think that. It seems like they don't think that. And mm-hmm. so if the team is giving those vibes, then that's never a good sign. But if Corey Davis goes there, uh, I don't know that you're going to love it, but it's probably going to result in similar production as what you got from him this year mm-hmm. if he goes there otherwise he goes to the ravens and you never have to think about him again and that's kind of a dream scenario honestly i i, I want him to come to the packers no i do why would you put that out there i do i 
Stop in the uh, paraphrasing of Steffi Smalls. Don't don't manifest that because they can hear you. Don't don't try to. Okay. What would what would be so this. wrong with that? I think he he's going to be commanding enough money where it would be not advantageous for okay. us. Okay. All right. That's fair because our cap situation is not great. But it's what? A poopy. But what if? he did not command that type of money. And we got him at a fair value. I'd rather have Curtis Samuel. Okay. That's my thoughts about that. And, and okay. transition, perhaps. But uh, we need speed. Like, mm-hmm. the offense is direly needing speed. Corey Davis is is not uh, a speedster that I think of. And Curtis speaking Samuel. of, Curtis Samuel is a year younger than... Corey Davis as well. And well, it feels like go. Curtis Samuel has been in the league for like 10 years at this point. <laughs> you know, he's basically AJ Green. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it is weird how we put so much <laughs> emphasis on age. But with that said, Curtis Samuel, yes, he's a young guy. Yes, he's a speedy, kind of gadgety guy too, which I think, you know, we tried it with Tavon Austin a little bit. We tried it with that mm-hmm. Tyler Irvin. You know, we need somebody who's a little bit of a dual threat in the backfield and as a wide receiver. So I think he makes a, a ton of sense for Green Bay, mm-hmm. and I'd be very excited to see him there. Yeah, that's great. I think anywhere where the offensives kind of feature the jet sweeps and and wide receivers doing a lot of movement in the backfield, like the Packers, like the Rams. Um, trying to think of who else we've seen a lot of that out of. Just send them to the Chiefs. Arizona. Just give them yeah, the another Chiefs. speed yeah. option uh, on that roster, which clearly needs it. Yeah, but I think he's probably got more real NFL value than fantasy value moving forward. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get I – mean, he had, what, 851 yards this year, three touchdowns, 77 receptions. I mean, it was a decent season, but – That's two back-to-back top 24 seasons, which is, I mean, kind of impressive for a guy who nobody really knows what to do with him from a fantasy perspective. Mm-hmm. He's he's every other week it's a buy or a sell with him. So very true. It's interesting. I could see him finishing the wide receiver three somewhere. Uh, I just I don't know. I I don't got great confidence for a fantasy value for him. But like I said, um, for a real NFL team, he's 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 a really good player. Sure. How about Will Fuller, Mister uh, PED himself? Will Fuller, uh, not the Packers. That was the big talk last year, of course, right before the suspension. There was talks about a midseason trade of that kind of thing. I'm glad, of course, even more so in hindsight, we didn't trade for him Mm -hmm. based on the suspension. I have thought recently that the Browns make a lot of sense for Will Fuller. If they move on from Odell Beckham, which the rumblings seem that that could again be a thing and Odell could again be moving to another city. Mm-hmm. And if that's true, they do need a, a consistent deep option for Baker to throw to. Mm-hmm. He made some guys on that team actually look pretty good in Odell's absence. Um, and, you know, the run game is always nice there to take the load off of a guy like that so that they're not always counting on the deep shot, but it's always available to you. And Will Fuller, he doesn't need a ton of volume. So him on the Browns, I think, is my perfect fit. Yeah, I don't mind that. What about Mr. Juju Schmischuster? <sighs> yeah, we're kind of bearing the lead. He's the guy I think <laughs> that everybody's curious about. But God damn it, if I know a good fit. <laughs> like, I mm-hmm. really, because he is going to command, I still think, 
you know, Allen Robinson will probably get top dollars out of free agency, and then it will be Juju pretty close behind, right? I would think so. Uh, he's only 25 years old. He's so young yet, uh, but he's been in the league for four years now, uh, which just yeah. shows how crazy that is. And, you know, the offense this last year, it's – I think it had more to do with the Steelers' offense than Juju's talent. Uh, basically, sure. he was used as an extension of the run game where he was getting short passes and then expecting to make plays off of those passes. I don't know if Roethlisberger was still recovering from that elbow surgery uh, and he just couldn't chuck the ball down the field or mm. if because um, – the offensive line was injured and and Roethlisberger didn't have time to sit back and throw the deep ball or because their running game wasn't very good. Um, yeah, any number of reasons why they were using him as more of that short target player. I, I don't know why, but um, we've seen him go downfield. He, he can do it all over the field. True. I, he just needs to be, I think, in a better situation. For whatever reason, the Steelers decided not to utilize him like that. And I don't know why. But it does seem like he's more of a slot guy than a, a downfield guy. And maybe it was just them deciding after a certain point, look, it doesn't work well when we try and use you deep. We got these other guys. You know, we got your James Washington types mm -hmm. uh, or your Chase Claypools who are more suited to it. So we're just going to shove you in the slot. It did benefit him from a fantasy perspective, at least, because that's mm -hmm. all they did was the fucking short stuff. So him being uh, the short option at least panned out. You know, it got him wide receiver 16 overall, mm -hmm. which is great. But I want to float two ideas out to you, and I want to see okay. which one you would prefer here. One of them is my own consideration. One of them uh, is somebody else's that sparked a couple of good thoughts. Okay. The first one is the Eagles. Because I feel like all the Eagles have to work with are these deep threat guys that they drafted. Alshon Jeffrey's out of town now. Deshaun Jackson's out of town now. Mm -hmm. But they have all these young dudes who are only like speedsters. Mm -hmm. And they don't have really anybody for the middle of the field right now. They have Greg Ward, I guess. Uh, is there J-Jaw? Those are their, yeah. their midfield options. So give... Give them a good situation there with a, a steady presence in the middle of the field. Zach Ertz should be gone too, so it should be mostly a one tight end deal, probably. Mm -hmm. Or, Kate Majuk brought this up. What if he goes and replaces Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona? Well, that's interesting. I don't think the Eagles is going to happen just because of their cap situation. Sure, uh, they are, he, he's going to command top dollar. Great. And whether he actually gets it or not obviously remains to be seen, but I think that's what he's going to be going for. And, and their cap situation is just God awful. There, there's that's no way that true. there's no way they can afford him. Okay. Uh, Arizona, I'm not sure what their cap situation is right now, but that's interesting. Um, right. It's very interesting. I, yeah. I mean, cause you got Hopkins as a deep threat. You got Christian Kirk there as, um, you know, another guy when so many of their recent wide receivers have not worked out, you know, their recent mm -hmm. draft guys, Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk, those guys just haven't, they haven't hit. And it's, it seems to me like if you're trying to make that next step, cause of course they got, you know, they were very good this year, but they need to take that extra step over and, and why not bring in somebody that's very reliable and Larry has to retire at some point. I know he hasn't made the official announcement, but it has to be coming. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just looked up on Spotrack here uh, for estimated cap space hmm. for the Arizona Cardinals. As it stands right now, they're they're in the good. Uh, they've got seventeen point two million dollars in cap space. So, okay. um, and that's obviously before releasing any players. I mean, I'm assuming this includes the JJ Watt signing, uh, since this is pretty up to date. I would think. Um, but we'll crossed. we'll just go with that that they have seventeen point two. So they have the cap space to be able to sign him if they so choose. But I feel like their defense there needs more help, so I don't know if they're going to focus more on that defense than the offense. They still have the running back position to figure out. Sure. And they've Here's got the a bunch of young wide receivers there. All of the other teams, it's like, yes, there's vacancies, but he's mm-hmm. going to go someplace and languish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably if he goes to the Jets, you know, I'm kind of going to hate it. Right. Maybe I shouldn't say that, though, before the draft, because if they do get upgraded at quarterback, maybe that maybe that's not a concern anymore. I don't mm-hmm. Know. Or the Texans. What if he goes to the Texans and Deshaun's not there? You know, yeah, that's, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> that's gross. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll hit a couple more uh, wide receivers here because there's a couple more big names that we haven't talked about. Uh, hmm. Chris Godwin, we already touched on briefly, where I said I think he'll be back. Uh, what do you think? Like I said, I think it makes sense for him to go back, especially because he's kind of opening the door for those negotiations, at least to start. So if they want to run it back, I can see that. I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. The only other consider, you know, if if they do let him walk, if they decide that Scotty Miller and uh, maybe they bring Antonio Brown back and Tyler Johnson there, maybe those guys are are fine and they're going to let him move along, then God damn it, send him to Green Bay. <laughs> Not to be greedy, but oh my God, he would be perfect. He would be absolutely mm-hmm. perfect in Green Bay. Otherwise. You know, maybe he goes to Washington. Mm-hmm. They def they desperately need a number two, and if he goes there, at least you can be assured he'll get some volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then one last one here, uh, Kenny Galladay. God, I've soured on him so quickly. All it took was like less than a year. <laughs> I was so in on him this last year. So, but so why have you soured on him old. so much? Well, so it's the it is the attitude concerns thing, mm-hmm. and, and you can put too fine of an emphasis on it. I'm sure, but like that stuff when it creeps up, it can make it really hard for other teams to be attracted to him to mm-hmm. bring him on. And God forbid if the Lions actually keep him, that's such a tumultuous thing already. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know. What to do with him? And he's older than we think. Isn't yeah. he 28 already? He's 28, yep. That, that's not like death nail for wide receivers, but that's old. For a guy who feels like he's been in the in the league for a year, mm-hmm. that's old. Um, fuck, man. I don't even know. Send him to the Dolphins, I guess, right? Like, let him line up outside, opposite side of Devontae Parker and see what happens. Yeah, I could see Detroit using the tag on him this season while they're kind of retooling their offense a little bit and maybe getting some younger guys in. Cause all mm. they have right now is Quintez Cephas. Only. What do you mean only? I know, but oh, I love let's, Quintez. let's be honest. That's really the only <laughs> wide receiver they have there on the yeah. roster at this point. So I could see them re-signing Galladay while they maybe draft some other pieces on the off offense and defense this year. And then maybe take a wide receiver early next season. 
to replace him and let him walk after tagging him for one season. So that's what they're I gonna think is going to happen there. They're going to have to do some relationship rebuilding mm-hmm. if that's the case. That's, well, that's think, what makes me nervous. I think part of that came down to the previous coaching staff that was there with Patricia. And so they got a whole new uh, um, coaching staff there. So I feel like the situation isn't so far out of hand that he wouldn't resign. But also true. with the franchise tag, it's – you don't have too much of a choice either. True. I mean, he you could can... just fake an injury the rest of the year again and then get no, out of it. That's true. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say allegedly fake allegedly. an injury. That's right. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think we covered most of what we need to this evening. You feeling good? I feel very good. Okay. You know what I want to end this on, though? What's that? Beer bet. Well, okay. I'll hear your beer bet, but also I'll give you my. Uh, Early season top twelve as well. Oh, but well, I kind of want to hear that first now before I make this beer. <laughs> That's why I was like, "Well, oh, we could do yours first here." Because uh, <laughs> well, I'm curious to hear what your top twelve is. All right, so I'll, get, I'll give I'll give it to us. you. So one through twelve, I've got Devonte Adams, Tyree Kill, Calvin Ridley at three, DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Allen Robinson. Chris Godwin at number eight, Michael Thomas at nine, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, and Keenan Allen at 12. We didn't talk about Keenan Allen. God, what a consistently Mm -hmm. wonderful receiver. Again, very underrated every single season. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel bad now for not mentioning him earlier because that's what everybody does. Nobody ever talks about Keenan Allen. He's great, everybody. He's great. You should uh, try and get him on your rosters. Can I tell you how proud I am of you for coming around on Amari Cooper to the fact that you would put him inside your top 10 for this coming year? I know. I know. But and, and that is also assuming that Dak is going to be back with the team. Obviously, sure. Dak's not there. This this will change. But as it stands right now, um, yeah, Dak returns. I see no reason why he can't be a top 10 wide receiver. I remember when you loathed Amari Cooper. I know, but he was looking so good. He really when was. Dak hey, was in there, Dustin, like it was. Look at us. Oh. Look at us. Look I at know. How far we've come. I know. <laughs> I yeah, that ten is great. I mean, obviously Calvin Ridley at three gets the eyeballs going. Mm-hmm. Again, a player that I've totally changed my tune on. Like I. I was out on him. I didn't see it. I didn't believe it. I thought it was all hype. And then he just keeps producing every single season. And I do think this is the season where he overtakes Julio for real, uh, assuming both stay healthy the entire season. I think this is the season where we see that switch where Julio becomes the two and Calvin Ridley becomes the one in that offense. Interesting. Interesting. Well, he, cause here, so here's my beer bet. Is, and I'm kind of glad I waited for this list because there's two guys that we did not talk about at all the show. Okay. Which I think are, are very hot names. Okay. And they are teammates. The first is Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. And the second is Debo Samuel. So flashback a year's time. And Debo Samuel was the cat's freaking pajamas. Everybody mm-hmm. was all aboard Debo Samuel. Myself included. I recall a time where you were so bummed at his last great performance of the postseason because mm-hmm. it rose his value up and you wanted to go trade for him at that lower value then he had that blow up playoff game and it kind of shot that for you and then now this year it's everything is brandon Ayuk. 
Brandon mm-hmm. Ayuk is the alpha. Brandon Ayuk is the the lock. And neither one of us talked about him as a top 12 guy, which I still think is true. I don't think either are top 12. No. Just with the way that offense is right now, how they love to run the ball, and then unless they get a really big upgrade at quarterback, I just don't see Jimmy G with that volume and with Kittle there on that offense as well. Um, I don't see either of them being number one in the top 12 as far as wide receivers go. So I guess my question here, the prelude to this potential beer bet is, do you have a preference on one of those guys at this moment? I do. ADP be damned. I'm just talking purely from where you expect them to finish next year. Mm-hmm. I do. Okay. So would you be willing to bet on my end, I think that Debo Samuel will actually finish higher than Brandon Ayuk. Well, so do I. Ah, <laughs> I was going the contrarian route. No, uh, I hoping I, to lure you into that bet. No, I have been trying to acquire Debo in all my leagues. I actually did this last season uh, while he was injured. Acquired him. Uh, just, I think he's the real deal, assuming he can stay healthy. I mean, that's kind of been his thing, even in college. Like he, he's was always kind of dinged up and injured, but if he stays healthy and that's a big, if, I mean, he, he could be a mid range wide receiver too easily. Yeah. I was going to say it's, it it would, for my bet, it was going to have to be on a points per game basis to Mm -hmm. eliminate some of that injury aspect of it. But my thought process is, and tell me if I'm crazy, but you know, they are not, their backfield is like a disaster right now. And it Mm -hmm. kind of always is. I don't know. We talked about it last episode with the running backs, but I hate that backfield. And if they really don't invest in a high caliber running back, either via free agency or the draft, Debo Samuel can work a lot like we've seen Robert Woods do Mm -hmm. a lot this year where he got a lot of rushing attempts and a lot of red zone rushing attempts. I could see that being Debo Samuel's game, and that gives him, to me, an edge. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, okay, we can't do the beer bet for that, but we'll we'll have to figure out something. something. I know. I thought you were going to give me the choice of who finishes better, and I was going to smash Debo all day long because I I, I, I truly believe. I I mean, Ayuk looked great, but I think that was more yes. of a function of the other weapons in that offense being injured with Kittle and Debo both being out. Uh, they had no one else to throw to, so it had to be Ayuk. And that's nothing to say against his talent because he looked amazing. Like He is a yep. real deal wide receiver. He's going to be really good for the NFL and his team, but I don't think he's better than Debo. I think we have a Kenny Galladay level level of receiver in Brandon Ayuk. I don't think we have a DeAndre Hopkins level right. of receiver in Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, well, we both agree there. Damn uh, it! Why are sorry. we so agreeable, Dustin? <laughs> sorry, no beer bet. And as much as I would just be like, if I thought it was close, I'd be like, ah, fuck it, sure, I'll take Ayuk. But I don't think it's going to be that close come the end of the season next year. I would Ooh. be sorely regretting it. I actually think it will be close, but I just gave the edge to Debo. Well, here, how about this as an idea then? I think that they will finish within six spots of each other on a points-per-game basis. I think it'll be more than that, so I'll take that bet. We did it. We figured it out. Even though we're both Team Debo on this, I think it's going to be close. You think it's going to be not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, there we go. We can do that. A points-per-game basis, again, eliminates the in- injury risk there uh, within six so, overall spots. And do you want to say uh, put a minimum of games down? 
I mean, because what yeah, if because what if Debo plays like two games and he has like you know seventy points in two games and then he gets injured for the rest of the season? That wouldn't be I think fair. Eight game minimum makes eight sense for minimum. most of okay. these bets. So yeah, all right, that. that's fair. I just want to make sure we're we're uh, covering the bases here. Uh, Appreciate that. I don't want Appreciate you whining. I don't want you whining at the end of the season when you lose. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> I think that if Brandon Ayuk outperforms Debo on that points per game basis, though, we should both have to take a shot. Quite frankly, because oh, we're yeah. both going against consensus. Here. Yes, I, I I would be willing to do that as well. All right, we can invite some of the the bigger Brandon Ayuk truthers on to laugh mm-hmm. at us while we do the shot. How about that? Fair enough. Fair All enough. Right. Uh, All right. Anything else you want to talk about here quick before we uh, sign off? I think we did it. And I think we did it in as good of a time as I could have imagined, because this could have easily been a two hour episode. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the wide receiver position is so deep and there's so much to talk about with it. I think we could have done that as well. So, uh, folks, please go out, check out our brand newly launched Patreon page at Patreon slash DTFF. Uh, Go out to Apple Podcasts, give us a rate and review. We truly appreciate it. If you give us a very stunning review, not saying you have to give us five stars, but if you do give us a five-star review and review it, um, there's a good chance we will uh, promote it on the podcast here and give you a little shout out for that so bring you on to the podcast if you do that for a quick shout out how about that possibly right possibly Why, you went real uh shit's creek on that i did well, well i have been watching it a lot lately so i can't help it <laughs> um but yeah jake where can folks find you mm. as you're drinking beer they can find me <laughs> drinking beer, but they can find me on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. Yep. And you can find the podcast at Drinking Fantasy, and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Cheers.